You are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. All right, welcome to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. All right, this is episode 87, Music Activities That We Are Thankful For. Hi, Katie, how are you? I'm good, you? I'm good. I thought it would be a fun topic for a podcast to talk about music activities we're thankful for because when this podcast hits the airwaves, it will be the day before Thanksgiving. So yeah, I think we're just going to dive right in. So just, you know, we're going to talk about games and picture books and lessons and so on that we have been working for us and that we are thankful for. So we are going to start first with a song or a singing game that we are thankful for. I'm going to start with this one is actually appropriate for Thanksgiving. (laughs) Great Big House in New Orleans. And the reason it's appropriate for Thanksgiving is because it talks about the rooms being filled with pumpkin pie, but it could be used any time of the year. So yeah, so Great Big House is just, it's a great song. And why I'm thankful for it is now that our social distancing restrictions have dropped, I've actually been able to teach the dance. So yeah, and I mean, I've done that for years. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the song Great Big House I don't have a tuning fork with me, but I'll go ahead and just sing the first verse. It's great big house in New Orleans, 40 stories high, every room that I've been in filled with pumpkin pie. So the students for the first verse walk counterclockwise and then Mm -hmm. turn around or vice versa. And then for the second verse, this is where it gets a little bit complicated. I number the students off in ones and twos. So like one, two, one, two, and Mm -hmm. all the ones walk in and they hold hands. All the twos go in between the ones and then kind of like over the ones they hold hands. And then the twos go overhead and then the ones go overhead. So they end up in something called a basket weave. And Mm -hmm. I haven't done it in a few years because of COVID and all the holding hands and I'm still having students, you know, sanitize their hands afterwards, but it's been really fun to do because they've just never done it. And it's been a while since we did a lot of movement, a lot of like movement related activities because of COVID. So that's been fun. And I actually had a class today where they did it perfectly. And I was so excited. (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah. I just feel like, like I said, a lot of movement related activities. I just haven't been doing as much in the last few years. So it's fun to weave those back into my lessons. Yeah, I totally agree. I I'm teaching the Hammerschmied Gazellen again, the the mm-hmm. German piece that's in three. And it's the same thing. Like I'm finding so much joy bringing back some of these songs that I've had shelved for the last yes. few years. Yes. It's and just so like also, over the last few years, I've done Apple Tree and I've done BB, but I had to change the games because mm-hmm. of COVID. So yeah, just like bringing back the typical game for some of these songs and the, you know, playing BB with a bee puppet, they just absolutely mm-hmm. love, you know, and I've done that one for years and years and years, but then with COVID I didn't. So yeah, it's just fun to kind of, oh. have. what about you? What song or singing game are you thankful for? The one that I'm having so much fun with right now is Ding Dong Digga Digga Dong. Um, just a really fun one. I've seen it in both Orf and Kodai inspired classrooms, but it goes Ding Dong Digga Digga Dong. Digga digga dung, the cat is gone. Ding dong, digga digga dung, digga digga ding ding dong. 
So it has this really nice A, B, A, B variant or C, however you want to call it. It has the ticka ticka in it. So third grade's having fun with that. And it it's giving me the opportunity to help them with like alternate sticking. So getting used to the idea of using two mallets, because a lot of times in stations, unless we're doing whole classwork and I'm really looking at technique, I'm often using the xylophone as like a melodic instrument, just more yeah. for reading than I am for a technique. So it's kind of fun to bring it back throughout the year and add new things to it. So we had just been playing with ostinato and round and you can do all those things with it. So just having a lot of fun bringing it back. And then, and then again, because I was limited in how I was sharing instruments, using instruments to be able to really keep bringing that back throughout the year has been fun. So this is already the second time I've said, Hey, sing this for me now, try it this way. So that's, it's just got a lot of little bits to it. It's similar to Great Big House that it's in that full pentatonic as well. It's even got yeah. Hondo. So it just has so many uses. That's great. I'm actually doing a different version of that melody right? mm. third grade. And I call it the clock song. I don't even remember where I learned it. Actually, no, I think I learned it in Australia when I went to Australia and I watched Debbie O'Shea teach. She's an amazing teacher. And I've had her on the podcast before, but she taught it as tick tock, tick a tick a tock. Tick a tick a tick 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 tock tick tock tick a tick a tock tick a tick a tick tick tock, and then she's got these yeah. motions with it, but same melody. Just in I have to give you props, by the way. We're recording in the evening, and I pitched it way lower for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that first note, I was like, "Ooh, that was a little high," but I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> uh, you're impressive. <laughs> so I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna straight up alto that one." <laughs> no it's so fun it just really is a fun melody and the kids yeah. enjoy it yeah that's awesome that's all right great. we're gonna move on to picture books a picture book that we are thankful for so many but I am going to choose with kindergarten earlier this year maybe a month or so ago I presented loud and quiet the musical mm-hmm. it's loud and quiet and I love the book thump thump rat-a-tat-tat in my present lesson. So after I present loud and quiet, then I'll read the book. And it's about a marching band, but like all of the pictures are very like, like, I don't know, geometric, like circles, squares, like very basic drawings, but really compelling to look at. And it starts off with the marching band getting off the bus. And you're like, you read it like, Distant drums, chirping horns, rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat. And then, you know, it keeps getting louder and louder until it's like thunder coming, getting louder. Thump, 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 thump. Marching band all in tune. Rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat. And then that's like the loudest part. And then it starts getting quieter as the marching band marches away. So really great. so fun. Yeah, really great for loud and quiet. Also for crescendo and decrescendo. If you're teaching that, you could use it for that as well. But Mm -hmm. also I love using it because I loved marching band. I was a marching band all throughout high school. For four years of my five-year college career, I was in marching band at Central Michigan (laughs) University, fire up ships. And and I just love, I love marching band. So like, I love it for that reason, because then you can have conversations with students about, well, what kind of band was this? And how many of you have ever seen a marching band? And I even thought that 
the next time I do that book, I should have like a snippet of like the Ohio State marching band or something like that, Mm -hmm. where they can actually see a marching band on the field. You know, it's about a parade, a marching band in a parade. So you could also just, you know, show some kind of video of a marching band in a parade, but just and you know, then they make some really cool connections to real life. So yeah, that's so great. I actually don't have that one. And you know how much I love picture books. So I'll be looking that up. And it might be, I'm just going to warn you, it might be out of print, but I'm pretty sure last time I looked, you can get it for pretty cheaply. Like it's not one of those out of print books that's $200, uh, right. but Love I will those. link in the show notes to um, some copies that aren't too expensive. Got it. That's so great. Yeah. What about you? You have a book. I, I'm looking at the notes right now and it's a book that I've never heard of. Well, you know, if I haven't brought it up when I join you before, I have to say, a lot of my answers sing the praises of my lit support person at my building and also the first grade team. Over the past few years, I've had multiple meetings with them just because we care so much about literacy, especially in the K through two grades and music in our music classrooms. It's something that I care so, so deeply about. And I invited our lit support person in our building to come and audit me a couple years ago and just said like, you know, no judgment, just let me know what tiny things I could be doing. How could I change my language? How could I tweak some things? And, you know, just really invited her in to dive in if she had a thought and she like, you know, she jumped in in the middle of a few lessons and threw some things out there. And it was just really helpful to like have someone outside of the music world come in and see all the things that we're doing that we don't give ourselves credit for when it comes to fluency in early language and reading skills. And it's really kind of changed the way I approach the K-1-2 team because I'm constantly asking them, like, listen, if you're doing class poetry, if you are using poems, please send me your slides. Please send me your information. And so one of the books that we chose to do early on was a book called Snow Dog, Go Dog. And then there's a second book called Cool Dog, School Dog. And they're actually scholastic books. So they're only a couple dollars each, but there are a couple things that our classroom teachers loved about them. One of which the rhyme scheme is in the middle of the phrase, which is kind of cool because every phrase ends with dog. So it's cool dog, school dog, rather than, you know, dog, school, dog, cool. Right. Right. Um, So it's kind of neat that the kids have to search a little bit Mm -hmm. more to find the rhyme scheme, but then also it's very rhythmic and most of it falls into a quarter note, eighth note pattern. So it really lends itself to early reading skills in the music room as well as. So it's just something that's really fun. And the kids get so excited because we now plan as a team to read that book within the same couple of weeks. So they'll have read it in the first grade room and then they read it musically in the music room. So I pull out the book and they're like, oh, I know that book. And I'm like, I know you do. I talked to your teacher and they get so excited that they know that that connection is there. And then because they're more familiar with it, they can read it with a little bit more depth, ask, you know, more purposeful questions. And then we create chants based off of those that are, that are spoken in a musical way. So it is really fun. It's just one of those times that like you really get to see the kids light up because they recognize something familiar. But um, yeah, so I highly recommend it. Not even just because of those books, although Tinka is a very cute dog. (laughs) The little (laughs) animation is very cute. 
but also just, you know, shout out to any lit support people that are willing to come in and get to know you better. Because I even took home all the phonemic awareness books and like leaf through them over one of the breaks and was just like, gosh, this is all music stuff. You know, just I, I right. going through the pile and just feeling more and more affirmed in what we do rather than yes. feeling like, oh, like I have to change this thing. and this and this. Yeah, it yeah. didn't feel that way at all. I actually felt like I should have been giving myself more credit. <laughs> yeah. And we all probably should, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm going to just apologize to any listeners. If you hear a sound right now, a very soft purr, it is my cat. <laughs> she's decided <laughs> that she's going to lay right here. <laughs> there are worse pet sounds. And actually, I don't hear it right now. Okay. All right. Well, that's all. <laughs> All right. Number three, we're going to move on to lessons that we're thankful for. So this would be more like a full lesson plan. So I actually just did this lesson today because the class I had today was a, less, a lesson behind. So most of the classes I did this with last week and it was so much fun. So I was practicing four voices, kind of reviewing four voices with first grade. It's something I you know, teaching kindergarten, but I always think it's a good review in first grade. So I started off with BB Bumblebee um, and they're right now they're really close to learning Ta and TT. So we read it with long and short short. And then I changed the rhythm up there to match the rhythm of Apple Tree because it's, it's just one beat difference between BB and Apple Tree. We read that we mm-hmm. sang and played Apple Tree. And then we talked about what kind of voice we use for Apple Tree. And then I did this activity. I have like a little toy microphone and I just have students be my echo where I go this is my speaking voice. And they all echo, this is my speaking voice. And then Mm -hmm. I do, this is my singing voice. And they echo that. And then I do, this is my whisper voice. And they echo that. And then I say, this is my calling voice. And they echo that. And so on. You could also do like squeaky voice and grumbly voice or however you want to do it. So um, I did a little, you know, review of voices that way. And then I told them that we're going to do an activity where I wanted them to use their singing voice. And I brought up the, ch- I think, I don't know if it's called Chatter Picks or Chatter Kids. It might actually go by either in the Apple store, but I will link to it in the show notes regardless. But I actually brought it up on my iPad, like I projected it onto my ViewSonic board so they could all see what the Mm -hmm. um, iPad, you know, what the app looks like. So I brought it up and the idea, it is such a fun, I, I might even like, I'll try to make a video and download it and put it into the show notes. So you can just at a glance, see what this app is about, but I'm going to try to describe it. So the idea of it is the students take a selfie which of course they love that, right? They take Mm -hmm. a selfie and then they draw a line where their mouth is and then (laughs) they record themselves singing and then they get to add like filters and pictures. Like it lets you add glasses and like Santa hats and, you know, whatever time there's Halloween stuff, there's Christmas stuff, there's music notes, there's a rock guitar, there's all sorts of stuff. So, and they just like think that's so hilarious. So they add all these stickers. There are frames you can add. You can even add text onto the screen, however you want to add. And then when they hit play, they see they see their picture, but their mouth is moving. So it's like a static <laughs> image, but the mouth moves along with the singing. That's so great. And oh my goodness, like they had so much fun. I hadn't worked with partners. I'm lucky that I have enough. I have eight like newer iPads, but then my older iPads also have the app on them. Okay. So I had enough that they could work in pairs, but it could still work if you don't have as many iPads. It could still work with 
three in a group, four in a group, or if you only have one iPad, as long as you could project it onto your screen, you could maybe have like a few volunteers come up and try it that way. Or you could take a picture of everybody in the class and then you just draw a line on one of the kids or something like that. Like there's definitely a way to do it full group, but they just had so much fun. There was so much choice because they could choose what song they were going to sing. They could choose the frame. They could choose the colors. They could choose the stickers, like just so much Mm -hmm. choice. And they just loved it so much. And then after we did that, then I had them do an assessment for four voices. It was one of Linda McPherson's really fun, like four voice games, which again, I can link to. Um, So it was a good assessment to see how well they could tell the difference between four voices. And they're just, they were super engaged. So I was excited about that. That's fantastic. Yeah, super fun. All right, what about you? Well, I also did this lesson today, which is funny because at the time that we're recording, this is our second day in a row of fog delay. Yeah. So now the week prior, which I'll talk about, in our, you know, fourth topic as well. Last week, we were hit so hard as a school with RSV that I think we were close to 15% of the school being out. We had some, yeah, we had some first grade classes of 26 that only had eight or nine kids in the class. It was insane. So it was actually perfect that it was the week of Halloween. And I had this fantastic lesson that I'll talk about in a moment, but I sort of did a bit of a holding pattern lesson last week Mm -hmm. and then decided to go for it and present Ta and TT because I knew they were ready and they were all back. And and then on top of it, tried to do it in a half an hour instead of 50 minutes. And it actually went went really, really well. And part of it is because I utilized one of the poems that I have sourced from my first grade team called Eat an Apple, Save the Core plant the seed and grow some more, which is really fun and has that ta. And then we were able to immediately transition it over to apple tree because that same phrase is in there. And then I had also used in the Hall of the Mountain King as part of their Halloween treat lesson, which was really built off of one of the lessons that you had created over COVID and Mm -hmm. said, hey, we have a lot of the same gadgets. Will you try this out? And of course I kept it. So they had already been introduced to in the hall, of the mountain King. And that also has that you know, it has all that same patterns as apple tree. And it was so fluid and so fantastic and just so fun to be able to pull all of those pieces together and use those components and extracted elements to really bring home the topic within a 30 minute period. So, so many things came together to make that work. And it was just really fun. That's awesome. That sounds really fun. Put the notation for that poem or put the the words to that poem in the show notes too. I can share and it's not, it's nothing special, but I can share a slide I've already created that has it in there and it has the heartbeats. So if you wanted to play around with it, you could. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Number four, this is just a, just an activity that we are thankful for. I just love poison because the kids love it so much. Um, So the idea of poison, if you haven't played is you could play it rhythmically or melodically. Let's say you're playing it rhythm. Let's say you're doing it for TT and ta. You could have a rhythm pattern like ta, ta, TT, ta up on the board. You can, I like to put a cloud around it because, you know, it's the poison pattern. And mm-hmm. then you clap a bunch of patterns and they have to echo you unless you clap the poison pattern. And if they clap the poison pattern, or if you clap the poison pattern, they're supposed to show an X with their arms and not clap. And if they do clap, they're supposed to sit down. And I tell them like, 
don't yell at anybody. If you think they're supposed to sit down, let me worry about that, you know, <laughs> but they just really love the competitiveness of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And really they love the challenge. And then you can add a second pattern, add a third pattern. So at the end, you have three patterns that are not supposed to clap. So that's super fun. But I also just discovered that in music play, they have videos for poison where you can just like click the video, boom, and just hit play. And what's really cool about the videos for Poison and Music Play is that they're actually not visually looking at the pattern. Like they see the Poison pattern once, but then it goes away and they just have to remember it. So it's good for their musical memory. And like, if you're playing melodically, you could have a pattern with like stick notation and solfa written, and you can either sing it or you can play it on the recorder and they either sing it back or they don't, depending on if it's the Poison pattern. And it can work for any rhythmic concept, any melodic concept. Like, you know, I've played it with first graders. I've played it with fifth graders and everybody loves it. So I agree. They ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. And And I love it with melodic concepts because I feel like it's, it's a great warm up that they don't realize that they're doing. Yes. Like Like kids that don't sing typically or are kind of mumbly in the group sing when they sing poison. Yes. Yeah. It's it's, it's magic. You can have different levels to it too. Like you can, if you're doing it melodically, you could sing. And they, you know, have to echo you or not echo you depending on if it's a poison pattern, but then you could also play it on the recorder Mm -hmm. or Or on a loo or a neutral pitch. Yeah, it's exactly. Or like with rhythm, you could clap and say, ta, ta, ti, ti, ta, or you could just clap it or yeah, you could play it on the recorder, but play it all on one note or something like that. Yeah. So there's different levels of difficulty. So, and and I don't know if you do it this way, but I tend to float around the room while I'm doing it because then they're not fixed in one position. So they really, it's just like one more level. That's a good trick. Yeah. But the reason that I like to do it is because I use it as a singing assessment. Like I kind of like, I kind of lean in a little bit while I'm walking around the room. That's so smart. And it's a great way for me. Thank you. It's a great way for me to give quick, actionable feedback. Like, hey, I really hear you singing in your head voice. That sounds great. And I can just kind of whisper it as I walk by, you know, like nice head voice or, you know, make sure it keeps, you know, your, your singing is floating, you know, that kind of stuff as I walk around the room and no one else has to know that I just gave feedback. So um, I, I use it as a sneaky way to do a quick assessment too. Yeah. And like for those kids that are maybe anxious to sing by themselves you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, I love it when kids make a mistake, especially if we're singing, I always make a point to say that is the most beautiful mistake I've yes, heard all me too. day. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was beautiful. But you need to well, sit down. Sorry. Beautiful mistake. <laughs> sit down. Yes. And I love it when the kids are like super confident. Like I would so much rather they make a confident mistake than like they go. Sit. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So much love for that game. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Well, you know, I don't, I don't know if you have something, a similar product to this, because I know how specific you were when you created it, but you had shared a Halloween treat lesson with me, I believe last year, partially because you and I have the same tech. So there was, you had coded the dash robots using a QR code to in the hall of the mountain King. We, or I'm sorry, the spectrums. Then the dash robot was coded to pumpkin pumpkin. And then the kids could change that. I added, I have a zither, which is like a little lap harp that I got as a child, actually. And I've kept it all these years. 
And so I took songs like Skin and Bones and Pumpkin Pumpkin and figured out, I'll have to show, send you a picture to be able to share in the notes, but it's, it's a little triangular instrument. I think yeah. on Amazon, you can find it as Melody Maker, but it, it basically goes from G, it's like an octave and a half up. Mm-hmm. And then when you slide a piece of paper underneath it, yes. the notes line up to the dots of the strings. Uh-huh. So I, so I did some Halloween songs and made my own templates that way. So that was okay. like a quiet station then yeah. there was a coloring page and then the Chromebooks, they were able to hop onto those because then your embedded slides also had some Easter eggs around them, like with some melodic games and stuff. So, yes. um, and some ta and TT games. And so when we had so many kids out with RSV and flu A, I just set up the room and said, everyone go to your corner, keep your distance. And yeah. it actually worked really well. And I was able to have kids keep me, you know, continue to make music, but give each other some space because I went back to my COVID level cleaning. Like I was wiping everything yeah. down in between classes and so it really offered some distance for the kids, but they were still making music and it really prepped them for the lesson that I wanted to do this week, but it wasn't new content. So I was so thankful that I had that in my back pocket. I was, I was praising you. Oh, oh thanks, you. Aileen. It's like a virtual, <laughs> it's a virtual classroom, right? It is. It's a virtual yeah. classroom, but okay. then I mostly had it as a flexible center, like floating centers. Got it. Okay. So it, it came in real handy last week. Yeah. So super Sarah, thankful. Sarah King and I started like putting some virtual classrooms on TPT, but things got crazy and I didn't do Halloween. So I'll have to do that for next Halloween. Yeah. But can it you really tell, is a good one. Yeah. Can you tell people just in case, cause you mentioned spectrums and you mentioned the dash robot and you and I Correct. have talked about those before, but just in case someone's listening for the first time and they're like, what is that? Can you tell us about the dash robot first with the Absolutely. Zero? So dash is part of uh, the wonder workshop company and they have coding robots called dash robots. And then you can buy the connector xylophone and mallet. So that when students go into an app, which is just the Dash Robot Xylophone app, which is free in the app store, obviously the robot is not, you can have the students interact with the iPad templates and then Dash will play what the students have created on each board, which is basically modeling a xylophone. So it's all color coded and then students can really only subdivide to an eighth note. Right. Um, so there are some limitations there, but it's a really good exploratory tool, I would say. And they can change their motion so they can go forward, backwards. Yes. And also, and the there's a high that. level of choice. Yes. And I and think I also- have three of them. Oh, you're so lucky. I only have I do. Well, you know what happened, right? Oh, that's right. They sent you some, right? They did. So last year I hadn't used it during COVID. So it had been sitting there for a long time and then it was so old it wouldn't update. And I called the company and and explained, I was like, is there any way I can get this thing to update? And they were like, no, honestly, it's just a very nice paperweight now. And I was like, oh, what a bummer. I said, it's kind of too late for me to write a grant because we were a month into school. And they said, listen, teachers have it really rough right now. We refurbish these because a lot of them are like in museums and, and, you know, art spaces and stuff like that, too. Um, So they get a lot of them kind of like circulating through their company. And they said, you know, what if we just sent you three? And I was like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, because I think they're upwards of like $150 a piece. Yeah, and, they're a pretty penny. And I said, do you want me to do anything? And they were like, no, just when they die, write another grant and buy more. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so they just so sent awesome. me three last year. So I let the kids name them. It was like this whole, I let them yeah. vote on the name. So today, right. you know, or last week, rather, they played with Harry Potter. I also had Chewbacca. <laughs> And SpongeBot. So, oh my um, gosh, that's adorable. So, I mean, just high level of choice, high level of engagement. And then the yeah. Spectrums are through the Sphero company. They started as a Kickstarter, but then Sphero bought them out. And they are coated finger drums that are Bluetooth connected to the iPad and also color censored. So, if you play a solid color of any color and it's coated within that color pack, um, or the scale you've chosen, then it will play the note attached to that color. Would you say that's a decent way to explain yeah. that? Yeah. So like you could, I mean, it, let's say you want to do like boom whacker colors and you can program it for red to be C or do for orange Correct. to be red. So yeah, depending on what color and it can like, it can play a kid's shirt. So if a kid is wearing a red shirt and you tap the shirt, it plays dough, you know, mm-hmm. or they're wearing orange shirt. So the kids absolutely love that. And we do have a podcast episode that we did all about spectrums and I can link to that in the show notes too. It's such good fun. Yeah, they're really, and those are, I would say fairly inexpensive too. They definitely come down in price. Yeah. Just to have some, like, you know, you don't have to have enough for everybody in your class. You could have enough for centers. And like, that's the way I've used my dash robot in centers. I'll just have, and I just have one, but you know, all six kids or whatever, if there's six kids at that center, then Mm -hmm. those six kids are taking turns with the dash robot. So, you know, this doesn't have to be something that you spend loads of money on, but yeah, super fun. Yeah. I also think that it's a great tool for some of my special needs students. I pull out a spectrum sometimes when they might not have the dexterity to play all of the notes on a xylophone, or I might not feel safe giving them a boom whacker. But right. if I give them a limited set of pitches, they can practice the same skill using mm-hmm. the spectrum. And again, high level of engagement. So I even have a couple of nonverbal students that I've tried things out with just to see if they'll play like which one is higher, you know, and, and I have found that to be a really beneficial tool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to um, the last, you know, kind of music education related speaking speaking of tools right yeah and that is tech tools or websites so for me what I'm thankful for so this was a few weeks ago I was doing a lesson for Hispanic Heritage Month with first grade we were doing some songs and chants from Mexico like I did Bate Bate with them I did Buenos Dias which is like to the tune of Frere Jaca we did Bate Bate and did some rhythm reading with it and then I taught them Mariposa Mm -hmm. I don't remember where I learned that but it's like it's very much like double, double, this, this, double, uh-huh. that, that. It's just like that, except it's the word mariposa, which is Spanish for butterfly. So it's mari, mm-hmm. mari, po, po, mari, mari, za, za, mari, po, mari, za, mari, mari, po, za. And I will link to, I have a blog post, an older blog post about double, double, this, that, but it has the hand drive in there and it's the same hand drive that I use for Mariposa. Anyway, nice. so I did, you know, a lot of Spanish, you know, related chants and songs in this lesson. And then I thought it would be cool to show them some different scenes from Mexico and to show them more than one because, you know, it's Mexico is a big country with lots of different, you know, I think sometimes 
especially kids will kind of get it in their mind that a country looks one certain way. So I thought it would be good to kind of show them a few different scenes to show them it can any place can any country can have lots of different uh, environments and just lots of different scenes to it. So in Nearpod, for those of you familiar with Nearpod, again, I have a blog post all about Nearpod that I can link to, but it is a free tech tool. There is a paid plan, but you can do a lot with it for free. And it's something I was using Nearpod a lot when I was teaching virtually, but I really liked using it for this because, you know, usually when I've used Nearpod, it's kind of like to deliver a lesson, like I'll put together this lesson and I'll get a link and I'll send the students a link and then they do the lesson at home or whatever. But Mm -hmm. in this case, I just created the lesson and just projected it onto my ViewSonic or my whiteboard and we kind of explored it together. So in Nearpod, there are all these different features that you can use. There are slides, there are videos, you know, video slides, there's all sorts of stuff. But one of the features is called the field trip feature. And it's like a VR, kind of like Google Maps, honestly. Cool. Like, in Google Maps, where you drop the yellow guy into a scene and you can kind of look all around. It's just like that, except you can't move forward like you can in Google Maps, you can't move backwards, but you can look all around and you can look up in the sky and down on the ground. It's amazing. And I can actually link to the Nearpod, like I can link to the lesson so that you can add it to your library if you use Nearpod. But I just took a bunch of different scenes from Mexico. So one of them was like an outdoor amphitheater. And we talked about, well, what do you think this is? So that was kind of, you know, some good discussion. And one of them was like a, just a scene where there was like a church in the distance and there are all these Taurus, you know, one was a pyramid. And I mean, just like all these, one was a beach. And it was funny because the scene, if you look all the way down, there are crocs that are just sitting there, (laughs) (laughs) which they think is hilarious. So like, you know, they just see all these different scenes in Mexico. And I think it kind of widens their understanding of, like I said, it's, you know, Mexico doesn't look all just one way you know? Absolutely. So high level of engagement. They were super excited about that. So I'm going to have, I'm, and that could work really with any country, right. Or any that you're, you have a song about. So I'd really like to do that more in the future, just to kind of, again, kind of widen their horizons. So cool. What about you? Well, I love when I find things based off of necessity, right? So I've had a virtual classroom of digital instruments and online music games for a while now that has served not only as as an emergency sub plan, but also hasn't been embedded in my Schoology page for a while now, because as a district, we use Schoology as a communication platform between, you know, staff and students. So I have a music course that the kids can go to at school, but also at home. And I like to keep that populated with games and other interactive things. So it's three years into me really embracing that platform. And some of the links just haven't been updated in a while. So I had recently had the kids looking at them and a few thing, you know, a few of the links were glitchy or, you know, I, I wanted to avoid using, is it scratch? that yeah. I think is is not actually approved by our district. So I had a couple scratch links that I was like, oh, I better update those. Yeah, I think so, they're not supposed to sign into Scratch. Right. I think yeah. they can use some of the ones that are already made. Yes. Right. So yeah. at any rate, I took a few things down and wanted to see if there were some new things out there. And yeah. I don't know if you've played with this yet, but it's called Paint with Music. It's a new Google experiment. Okay. So if you search paint with music, it looks kind of like blob opera. Like there's a launch button just like on blob opera, that like button that says start. And it's similar to the Kandinsky piece or um, game 
within the Chrome Music Lab suite, but it awesome. is a lot more colorful and has a lot more choice and options. Oh, so um, it is beautiful. Nina and I sat and like played with it for a good 45 minutes. Nina is my daughter about a week and a half ago, just like laughing together and like creating these sounds. And one of the things I thought was super cool about it. Um, so kind of leveling up from that Kandinsky option within Chrome Music Lab is with Paint With Music, not only do you have multiple options for shapes and sounds. So like one of them says play underwater. And so it's all, it looks like you're writing underwater. Okay. And then it also allows you to add like whale sounds. So it's almost like a stamp. And oh then you can also change it to different instrumentations. And then there's a button in the bottom corner, kind of like where Blob Opera allows you to go to different parts of the world where it notates what you did. Oh, and I was like, oh, this is so stinking cool. <laughs> and so nice. Nina, and I, Nina and I just kept going, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so I was demoing it for the kids and they were having the same reaction. And it was one of their options even last week during their Halloween treat lesson. And most of the kids were choosing to try that on their own. And I was like, yes, I feel like it's a win. So it is, it is a very new tool to me, but you know, I feel like when you have that like visceral reaction yourself, you can almost guarantee the kids will have the same reaction. And it's just so fun. Yeah. Like it just okay. made me smile. You've got to I... try it. I had to look it up while you were talking. Yes. So I don't know if when, as we're recording this, I don't know if it'll record the sound coming out of my computer, but I'm going to try. I'm going to just try to paint. <gasps> what? Isn't it so cool? Oh my gosh. So oh, I'm thankful to my whoever mind. came up with that idea. Oh my gosh, that is so fun. Oh, and then you can change it to different instruments. Absolutely. And then there's like a graffiti one, which is really cool. It looks like spray paint. I can hear the water. Oh my gosh. And then, oh, I see. So like you can choose different instruments and add more melodies. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is going to be so much fun. Thank you. Right. So <laughs> okay. So, so there's, excited. there's one more I want to just throw in there too, for, for you and also for listeners. I'm a huge fan of Groove Pizza. And I realized that the New York music, they had their own muse lab. So uh, Groove Pizza is part of a suite as well. Okay. And Groove Pizza is probably the most accessible to young students, but I realized they've been adding and I didn't know it. It's called variation playground and they take it's really cool it's phrase by phrase like they'll take one of the options is the new world symphony okay so you take like right and that's its own phrase and then you get to decide because then there's also what is the other part of it? Bum 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 bum. Is that part of New World Symphony? I don't know. Bum 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 ba da 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 da. Whatever you're singing sounds beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but there's like a more intense phrase in one of the other movements. Okay. And I'm probably misquoting, and I'm sorry. There's a better musician out there listening, going, "What is she talking about? That's not even from the same symphony." So it takes like the main theme of multiple iterations from. New World Symphony, and then you can place it. So you get to decide the form okay, and the instrumentation. So like if you put it higher on this grid, it plays it an octave higher. 
you can you can voice it so that it's like doubled you can layer the a theme over top of the C theme, like there are all these ways that you can experiment. So that's called variation playground. And it is, it's a little bit geekier. Like I definitely, I want to develop a lesson. So it's intentional. It wouldn't be as exploratory because I'd really want the kids to actually maybe know the piece first. So it might be something that more, be more direct instruction at first rather than just experiment. Um, But it's very cool too. So you should definitely look that one up as well. But I'm telling you paint with music is going to be like at least a half an hour of your life just checking oh it out. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, after we, <laughs> after we get off this call, I'm going to go show Macy. <laughs> She's going to so love fun. it. Yeah, so, so fun. All right, that was so much fun. And I just want to tell you, Katie, that I am thankful for you. And I am thankful for you. Yeah. I love, I love just being friends with you and your ideas have been fantastic. Um, always fantastic, but in this particular podcast, I'm definitely <laughs> super excited about that paint with music. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't miss travel, but I do miss seeing you every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like that will never go away. Gosh, we just had so much fun together. Yeah, we did. We did. I'm glad for that time because now it's such a treat when I get to talk to you. Yes. Agreed. All right. So do you want to talk about what we're consuming? Absolutely. Okay. So our family had to cancel a long planned trip to Italy in May of 2020. Mm -hmm. And we are rescheduling that for May of 2023. And very excited. We've booked our flight and it sort of coincided with Stanley Tucci, who is just a delight in every way, who has been doing a series called Searching for Italy. And in each episode, he goes to a different region of Italy and explores Mm -hmm. the culture, the food, mostly food and wine, Um, but also just the people and the dialect and the the politics and all of it and it's just I cannot watch it without eating and having a glass of wine in my hand I mean it's just so delightful I feel like I've seen that I believe it is Sienna yes and we're going to Sicily to visit family so you know his Sicily episode we were just drooling and so excited and writing things down so yeah it just coincides with an exciting time for us but it's also just very good everyone should watch it Are you, and I, you? I have to ask about Italy. Are you going to Venice? We plan to because I have been to Rome and Florence and Pisa, but I didn't get to go to Venice when I went in high school and my husband's never been. So we are going to use, utilize high-speed rail. So we're going to try to go up to Venice. I'm hoping it's open because I'm yeah. always worried they're going to close the city. But um, our plan right. is to be there. I'd like to spend a couple of days. I just want to stand in St. Mark's Cathedral. You know, like I just want to be yeah. in that space, like knowing how many things have happened in that space. And then we will go to Florence and spend a good chunk of time in, in Rome and then Sicily because we have family in both of those places. Okay. But yes, Venice is on the list. I just had to ask because that's the only place in Italy that I've been. I went, you know, to Europe years and years ago before Jenna was born and back right. to Europe and spent three weeks in Hungary finishing my master's. But Venice, yeah, Venice was maybe my favorite city of all of them. Like of every year awesome. that we went in Europe. I just absolutely loved it. But my cousin lives in Milan. So I'd really like to go back some days, you know, because I could stay with yeah. her. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, when I went, Florence was my favorite. I actually 
preferred it to Rome. Okay. And, and I was young, you know, so right. I'm interested to see 25 years later or whatever it is, you know, what, yeah. what that experience is going to be like, or, you know, what Tim's impression or Nina's impression will be. So it's going to be really fun to kind of see it through new eyes and, yeah. you know, we've waited a long time for it now. So it's, it's something we're thankful for too. So yeah. very excited. And the show is awesome. What yeah. are you consuming? I am very late to this game, but I am loving Project Runway. I had never really yes. watched it before. So, you know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And truth be told, I have no skill set for that. But you I can put a fun outfit together. Oh, but like as far as actually designing a dress or designing a shirt or whatever, like I really I have no vision. But I love watching what they come up with. My sister is a seamstress. Like she could totally do the seamstress part of of the show for sure. Yeah. But also just seeing like what high fashion is, you know, and like I like kind of playing a game as to like, okay, here are the three outfits I think they're going to think are the best. And here are the three outfits that I think are they're going to think is are the worst and seeing if I'm right. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes they pick an outfit and they (laughs) rave about how great it is. And I'm like, really? Or like they just picked one yesterday that I thought was really cool and they thought it was one of the worst. So, you know, it's so funny. Whenever I watch that show and I, I'm not an, uh, it's not something I watch consistently, but I have seen it throughout the years. And my mother-in-law who is an artist is a big fan. So like there have been times over the years, she's like bought me things from the designers from Project Runway and I had to go back and watch. Yeah. I think there's like a Christian someone. She bought me like a bag of his and I was like, okay. "Okay." It was like a way earlier season. So um, it always makes me think of that part of the Devil Wears Prada where she's like asks her what color her sweater is and she says it's blue or something. And she's like, no, it's Cerulean something, you know, (laughs) and talks about how like, you know, how basically how high fashion runs its way down to like old navy right like like the color schemes and the patterns do make their way into everyday life but you know it it looks so far removed when you see it on the runway and yeah I don't know it always makes me think of that (laughs) yeah it is interesting because I feel like some of the looks that I've seen I'm like oh I love that dress you know And, and sometimes the dresses that I love are the ones that they say are the best. And I'm like, oh, I did a good job <laughs> picking them out. But yeah, but other times I'm like, there is no way I would ever, who would wear that, you know? So Well, and a lot of times fun. it's hard on a screen because you can't feel it. Like so much yeah. of really enjoying fashion for me is the texture. Yeah. You know, if it, if it doesn't seem like it would be comfortable or if the fabric doesn't look good in person, you know, like. Right. So I feel like sometimes it's hard for us being at home to see what they're seeing but yeah yeah also they have a different eye than we do you're right I mean (laughs) very true like this is really fancy it's from Land's End (laughs) (laughs) it really was fun to talk to you I got this at Banana Republic (laughs) right it was on sale yeah we have to tell you that it was on sale. <laughs> right. I got a deal. $300 on a pair of pants. No, I got it on sale. Right. And then it's okay. Like it's yeah, even better okay. that. It's like you won something. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, well, thanks for making me laugh in the middle of a long week. Yes. 
same. It was a lot of fun <laughs> so great. I hope everyone laughed at home too. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And I hope everybody who's listening, after you stop listening to this, you go and you play with paint with music because that's what I'm going to do. Woo-hoo! Yes, please enjoy. I have nothing to do with its creation, but I'm so glad I found it. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. You too.